hallelujahs are, are flowing and it, it's going good. And this guest preacher comes to this point, climactic point, time to conclude, and he runs right through it. You've never heard a preacher do that, have you? Uh, and so, amen, start getting a little less. And this guest preacher, he not only runs through one good quitting point, but he runs through several. Now, nobody's saying amen except for the pastor. And the longer that guest preacher preaches, the louder the pastor begins to say, Amen, Pharaoh! <laughs> that guest preacher preaching, the pastor saying, Amen, Pharaoh! So finally, mercifully, all preachers quit. We're going to have street tacos. I am going to quit. <laughs> And so that guest preacher and the get and the pastor go out for lunch. So they're sitting there, and the guest minister looks at the pastor and says, "Well, thank you for letting me come. What a privilege to be at your church, and I thank you for that honor." And he said, "But pastor, I got a question. Nobody has ever said Amen, Pharaoh, while I was preaching. What did you mean by that?" Pastor looked him right in the eye, pointed his finger at him, and said, I'll tell you exactly what I meant by that. I meant, let my people go. <laughs> let my people. So if your pastor says, amen, Pharaoh, over four or five times, I promise I'll let you go. Amen? A couple things. I want to first thank you for your faithful support of missions and missionaries. Every month, this church invests in missionaries. How many missionaries do you have? Oh my, seven. You got seven. Seven missionaries that you give because you give and others give. Those missionaries can be on the field. I'm going to talk a little bit about the nickels in my message. And I want to say thank you for that. You are a part of the Southern Missouri Ministry Network. Now, I, we, we for a hundred and four or five years, or I forget how many years, uh, we were called uh, the Southern Missouri District. So uh, if I slip and say that, you'll just have to forget me because we're still the same thing. But you're a part of a group of churches, ever, all Assembly God churches south of the Missouri River, about 148 of them. And by God's grace, we send more missionaries than any of the other 65 districts in the Assemblies of God. Well. And I, I say that to his glory because we are not the largest district. I think we're 11th in number of churches. We most certainly don't have the most money. Because you live in southern Missouri, so you know that there's richer places in the world than here. But people just like you give faithfully so that we send out about 230 missionary units around the world today. Amen. And I want to say thank you for that and I appreciate your faithfulness. And I want to say to the Dons that I am privileged, I count the privilege to be here today. These are a couple of my heroes when they could be sitting in the rocking chair and taking it easy, which they don't know how to do, and thank God they're in Purdy. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And because of that, we have a viable 
church ministering to this area, and I commend you for your years of faithful service to missions, and now as you continue to serve Christ in this way. So who I am, my name is Stan Welch. I, uh, I'm the district network executive secretary. That means I help credential people. I work with uh, churches and uh, across the district. And, and then I'm also the missions director. So one of the things that I do is help our missionaries raise their funds, get on the field, and try to be a help and encouragement and be a little bit of a pastor to them. And it's a great, great privilege. And so I'm here to talk about what God loves. God loves the world. Amen. And I never step in the pulpit when I'm going to preach on missions and think, well, Lord, you may not show up because he always shows up when I talk about what he loves. Amen. And so I want to talk to you today and just give a little insight to what I feel the mission of the missionary. Thank God for BGMC. Kids, thank you. Moms and dads, thank you for giving. Through BGMC, our missionaries are funded for projects. And they have, from projects of schools and, and, and materials and, and you name it, copiers and all kind of things that they need to do the work comes through this money. But if we don't have missionaries on the field, there's no reason for projects. Right. The most important thing we send to this world is not our money, it's our missionaries. Right. And as we invest in missionaries, then the work of God can be done. Everybody get this little piece of paper out. Get yours. I want you to do something. I know some folks don't want to do this, but I want you to do this. You, this doesn't mean you're going to do anything, but I want you to write your name on it. Just write your name. That's all I want you to do because this piece of paper is a faith promise. It's going to be a point of contact. I believe God will speak to you. And he will tell you what he wants you to give on a monthly basis through this church. And then the money that is given to missions comes to this church. You all decide where it goes. I'm not telling you where it goes. You decide where it goes. But I believe God wants you to do what He loves to reach the world. Amen. So that's a piece of paper. We'll go back to that later. In the book of Colossians, which is a powerful, wonderful book that talks about the preeminence of Christ. Paul begins in his normal way of greeting. And when he begins to write this letter to this church at Colossae, he reveals to us, I believe, the mission of the missionary. I believe he shows what God wants to do through the missionary. So I'm going to take time, and we're just going to go through it. Instead of me taking time to read the first 14 verses, I'm going to read them to you as we go through the sermon. And the first thing that I want to say, I got four points. I always tell people how many points I have in my sermon because it will give you hope. 
I've listened to preachers that I didn't know where they were, and I was pretty sure that they didn't know where they were, and I didn't know where that we was ever going to land. But you're going to, I'm going to count them off to you, so you're going to get closer to street tacos through each point. Amen? <laughs> point number one. The mission of the missionary is to represent Christ to those that have never heard. Amen. The mission of the missionary is to represent Christ to those that have never heard. Paul, it says in verse number one, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Missionaries go out with an apostolic ministry. The Bible says that God, he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up or the edifying of the body of Christ. One of the gifts that Jesus gave the church was apostolic ministry. Now the word apostle means sent one. And it means to be sent and apostles went and broke ground. Missionaries in many places are going to people that have never heard the gospel. They're going to places not like us who have heard it from every direction, every flavor that you can think of, we've heard the gospel. But in many places in the world, a missionary goes because they are sent by God to break the ground. Missionary goes by the will of God. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. I know one thing. Every church, it's God's will, and every Christian, it's God's will to be a part of missions. Amen. I want you to repeat, repeat this phrase after me. I can't do everything. I can't do everything. But I can do everything I can. But I can do everything I can. Why don't you say that again? I can't do everything. I can't do everything. But I can do everything I can. But I can do everything I can. Sometimes because we can't do everything, we won't do anything. Well, Brother Stan, what if we give to missions? Here we are, just a small church in a small town. What difference does that make? It makes all the difference. Amen. Because God takes what you do and what I do, and we and we put it all together. That's why we exist as the Assemblies of God Fellowship, so that we can proclaim the gospel around the world. Amen. So when you give and do your part, I don't want to stand before God and, and say, well, now, God, you know, I didn't give the missions because I just didn't have much. And God's going to say, well, why didn't you give from what you had? I can't do everything. I can't support 230-some missionary units. But I can give so others, as we all give, can reach out and touch the world. Missionaries go because it is the will of God. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to people we like. Is that what he said? He said to every creature. Missionaries go with the authority of Christ. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. And go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age.
It is the will of God to send missionaries. Yes. We could get on satellites right now, and if everybody would tune in, we could present the gospel to the world. Yep. But you can't teach people how to observe all that Christ has commanded them to observe without sending missionaries. Amen? How many remember the story of Jonah? Kids in the back, do you know Jonah? Jonah's a guy that got swallowed by the big fish and got a ride to Nineveh. He decided he was going away from Nineveh. God said, I think I'm going to take you to Nineveh. And there was a big storm that threw him over. The fish swallowed him and off he went to Nineveh. And he got, ah, vomited out on the shore. So he proclaims to Nineveh, in 40 days you're going to be destroyed. He didn't say repent. He didn't say straighten up. He didn't say anything but what God said. And God said, I am tired of this place and I'm going to destroy it. But from the king to the slave, everybody repented. You remember the story? 120,000 people get saved. That's in the book of Jonah. You take your Bible and you turn... <clears throat> Just a book over, you will run into the book called Nahum. In Jonah, Nineveh gets saved. In Nahum, Nineveh gets judged. Well, that doesn't make any sense. They all just got saved. You know why they get judged? Because Jonah didn't stay. He went home. He got out of there. He didn't teach them how to live for God. That's why we send missionaries around the world is not only to tell the story, but to share the story and to see people's life changed. Missionary goes because it's the will, the will of God. It's the way of God. Romans 10, 14 says, How shall they call upon him in whom they not believe? And how are they to believe in him who they've not heard? And how will they hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Well, Brother Stan, I'm just really not into this missions thing. That's for some people, but that's really not for me. You know, I'm just involved with life and and and. You know, I just get, I don't want to get caught up in that. Well, I got news for you. If you're going to live for Jesus, you're already caught up in it. Come on. And if you're not doing your part, then you're in rebellion to Him. Not rebellion to the church. Not rebellion to the assemblies of God. Not rebellion to your pastor. But if Jesus had said to go into all the world, he, it is the will of God. It is the way of God. And it is to be a team effort. So we're all on team Jesus. Amen? Yes. And because of that, Paul says here, Paul, an apostle of Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, down in verse 7, it says, Just as you've learned from Ephraim, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. So who do we see involved here? We see Paul, we see Christ, we see God the Father, we see Timothy, we see Ephraim, and we see the Holy Spirit. Everybody
everybody's to get involved in missions. Yes. Everybody here should be giving something every month to missions. Amen? Everybody smile at me. Amen. Don't say amen, Pharaoh, because it won't work now. Yet. Point two. The mission of the missionary first I shared with you that the mission of the missionary is to represent Christ to those that have never heard as apostles. Secondly, the mission of the missionary is to have a heart for the people that they are sent to. Listen to what Paul says in verse 2. To the faith, to the saints and the faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. The ministry of the missionaries reach out and touch people and bring them to Christ and we then we all stand level at the cross. You know, we're not going to those poor sad people over the, around the world and we're a little better than they are, and we're just reaching down, going to give them a hand up, and they'll never quite be to our level, but we're helping them. You know, that, we are not to colonize the world. We're to evangelize the world. Yeah. Come on. I'm going to tell you a story about this club. Always take this with me, you never know how rough it's going to be. <laughs> Now, a few years ago, I got the opportunity to go to Vanuatu. Anybody been to Vanuatu? Let me tell you how you get there. You go to Los Angeles, get on Fiji Airlines, land in Fiji, and take a left. And about 1,200 miles off the coast of Brisbane, Australia, are 85 inhabited islands. They are a volcanic chain of islands, and they are called Vanuatu. And there, the people of Vanuatu, very primitive, the most primitive place I've ever been in the world. And uh, it was a, a great experience. I got to go and to, uh, we had a new missionary, and I got to install him on one of the islands, on the island of Tanis, Sam Paris and his family, and got to be there and be a part of that. And then I got an invitation from the missionary and from the leaders of the church there and said, Brother Stan, would you preach district council? Well, Brother Gon, I said, sure, I'll preach district council. Now, what happens when we have a council is all, the, like in southern Missouri, all the churches come with representation and the pastors and the ministers we go, you, we go to Springfield, we go to either Central Assembly or James River, and we go to the largest churches there, and we all meet together and worship and have a wonderful time. Well, what they normally did was in their district, on their island of Santos, they would go to the largest town, which was 4,500, and they, there was a nice church in that town, and that's where they normally had district council, except for the year I was there. They decided to take district council to the bush. So here's what it consisted of. 
I got into a speed the light truck. How many know what speed the light is? Speed the light is what our teenagers raise money and give so our missionaries can have vehicles. So I got into a speed the light Toyota truck and we drove down George Bush Highway. Yeah. There is a highway in Vanuatu when George Bush was president gave them United States gave them some money and they named this paved highway. It was one of the only paved highways on that island. So we take down George Bush Highway. We take a left and we turn on a gravel road, which turns into a path. Now we're going to go on the ocean. Now, how many of you have been on the, on the, on the ocean? Now, the only times I've been in the ocean, my wife, I want to took her on a cruise. And so we got up on the ship, we went out on a pier, we walked up a game plank, and we got into a ship, right? You're going to go in the ocean. I never will forget looking through the brush and seeing a 18-foot V-bottom metal boat <laughs> with a 35-horse mercury. I like fish. I got bigger boat. I got a lot bigger motors than that. There were ten of us that got in that boat, plus chickens. Plus, they started loading some bags of rocks. And I said to the missionary, "Why are we loading rocks?" I was looking this whole situation over, and I thought, "We're full." Plus, we had some luggage with us because we were going to be at that village for a week. So you got to see this little boat is packed. And he said, well, the reason we're taking these rocks, they're special rocks. They don't split in the fire. And so they put them in the fire, get them hot and cook off of it. So we're taking rocks. So here we go out in the ocean in this little V-bottom aluminum boat with a 35 horse mercury and it did not have seats it had metal benches and if you got a 35 horse mercury loaded like that you don't go on top of anything you go through everything and they kept telling me the seas are calm today there were just seven and eight foot swells and we're going wham 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 you know those benches left an impression on me, I think I still have to today. For three hours. Wow. We, we, we ride on that boat and the theme to Gilligan's Island is going through my mind. I'm wondering if we ever gonna get out of this. So finally they tell me we're here. And I was like, here didn't look much different than anywhere else I've seen, but I was glad we were there. And so what they did, literally, they took that boat, turned it with the engine toward the bank, we pulled off and we waited for the biggest wave. And we rode that wave right up on the bank. Well, I thought we had arrived at there. And uh, the missionary looked at me and said, no, no, we're not here, there yet. We got a five mile hike until we get there. So we take off, we go through, first thing we go through is we go through coconut groves. Coconut groves are beautiful, but you never know when a coconut's gonna fall. I had one miss me about that one. 
So finally, at the end of that five-mile hike, I never will forget, we go around this corner, and here we come into this village, and if you can get this picture in your mind, they're thatch huts made up out of uh, palm leaves over these, these little houses. There's a mountain that sets in the background and a crystal clear little river that runs by. It, it's just like anything you've ever imagined in the South Pacific. When we get there, the chief of the village, there is no electricity in that village, but he has a battery-powered megaphone. And when we get there, he announces that the white guys have arrived. Hmm? And he says well, they're here, and then he announces which outhouse belongs to the white guys. And when you use the outhouse, you had to make lots of noise so the bugs and the rats and all that would kind of scatter. And then we had a shower. I want you to get the picture of this. They had us a little house built as a little shed for a shower. It consisted of a big bowl of water with a little bowl that you poured on it. And let me tell you about that. You could really see out of it good. So, and guess where they put it? Right next to where the ladies cooked. But after that three hour trip and that five mile walk and hike, it's time to take a shower in the South Pacific heat. So what happened, and I won't get done with my story, but I want you to see the picture. Each day we would begin the day by ministering to the pastors that had gathered. There were probably five or six hundred people that had gotten there just like we did, because there is no road to this place. You've got to walk to get there. And there were five or six hundred people that had got there just like us. In the morning we would do a training for the pastors. In the afternoon, they did their business at their district council. And in the evening, we had an evening rally. And I was the guest, so I got to preach. They had brought in a generator on a horse and a PA system. And folks overseas, for the most part, do believe God is deaf. Because <laughs> the only way they run that PA is wide open. Yeah. And if that PA isn't squealing, they don't think it's on and they really don't want your help to give them any advice because they like it that way. Hmm? So get a picture of this. We got one light bulb running off that generator and we've got, uh, we've got a PA system squealing and we're having church. And each night I preached through an interpreter and, and God did amazing things. We've seen scores of people saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Many young people were there they were saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. It was one of the highlights of my life. So we get ready to go. And as we get ready to leave, we're standing at a, by a rock where they're going to build a new church. Their old church had been hit by a typhoon and it's in bad shape. So we had raised some money that we were going to give to help them build their church. So we're getting ready to go. And so you got to go through ceremony. So everybody's thanking everybody for everything that's been done. And then the chief of the village steps up to me with this club in his hand. 
Now, if you look close, you can see where there used to be, I still under the tape, there's streamers that were hanging down from this club. So he walks up to me with this club in his hand, and he said something to me, and I'm talking about our missionaries go, and when people, they reach people, they become our brothers in Christ, and we're all level at the cross. And this is what he said to me, and it changed everything in my life about missions and missionaries. He held this club and he said to me, if you would have stepped on our territory just a few years ago, I would have met you with this club and I would have killed you. And I, strange things that go through your head. See, the folks in Vanuatu are some of the last recorded cannibals yeah. on the planet. They still eat folks. They have war and the losers, some of the losers get eaten. And I thought to myself, honestly, I thought this. You'd have hit me in the head and thought, happy days are here. We really do like white meat and we're going to live good for a while. Standing next to me was a dear friend that went with me on this trip. His name's Curtis Washam. He's the director of our camp ministry up at the Lake of the Ozark. And Curtis is not just skinny. Curtis is bony. And I honestly thought to myself, they wouldn't even touch you. They'd just send you home to tell what happened to me. Now this honestly went through my mind while this guy's talking to me. But this is what he said that changed my life. He said, but you sent a missionary. Well, that missionary went into that territory on the danger of his life, but he went anyway. And he told us about a God that loved us so much that he sent his own son to die so that we could be free from our sins. And let me tell you, everybody everywhere knows they've got a sin problem. Yes. They know that. He said, because of that, he raised this club and he said, you are my brother. And he wrapped his arms around me and I wrapped my arms around him and we embraced. And I don't know if I'll ever see that man again on this side of heaven. But one of these days, the book of Revelation says that out of every tribe and every tongue and every kindred and every nation, we will gather around the throne. I got a feeling that God's going to let me and that tribal chief get together again and give glory and honor to God. That's why we give missions so that missionaries go tell the story and people that would have eaten you now are your brother. Glory. Why we get missions. The missionary heart cries out for the people. Your, your missionary for the month is, are the, is the Nichols. Jacob and Joanna Nichols. They live in Bangkok, Thailand. The, this January, I had the opportunity of going to Thailand. Never been to Thailand before, but I was with the Nichols. You are investing in a great couple. In Thailand, there is less than 
less than 1% Christian. Yes. If you live in Thailand, you will live your entire life a great percentage and never meet a Christian. Never hear anybody say anything about Jesus. That's why we send missionaries. Yes. The Nichols live on a block and Jacob began to walk that area and pray. Now he works with churches and pastors. We've got a few churches there and he's helping pastors and working with these churches. But he's a missionary that says you've got to reach people where you're at. And so he begins to walk this block and pray and he begins to talk to people and he begins to just do life with them. And in about a year, we got to go on a Friday night to his home cell group. And we got to meet 12 Buddhist, former Buddhist, hmm. that had accepted Jesus Christ. Glory. That night, we got to be a part when a new couple that had been coming for a few months declared in that meeting, we want to be followers of Jesus. Hmm. That's why we do what we do so that we can be brothers and sisters in the Lord. True missionaries are always have a heart for the people. They're crying out. They're praying for them. Paul said in verse 3, we always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. Missionaries go not asking for anything of the people they go to. When our missionaries go overseas, they don't raise money from the people that they're ministering to. They go offering the free gift of, of Christ. Yep. We here have to invest in them there so that they can raise up the church. And when the church there raises up ministers, they'll take care of their ministers there. But we're offering the free gift of Christ. That's why we take offerings for missionaries so that they can go share the gospel. Amen. Number three. The mission of the missionary is to declare the word of God, the true gospel. Verse number four. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. You know what happens when a missionary goes and he tells this story about Jesus? The Bible says within everybody is a major faith. And when somebody hears this message about Jesus, the Holy Spirit stirs their life and they have faith. And when they exercise just like you did, you had to put faith in Christ. They, through all of their questions, didn't you have all kinds of questions when you came to Jesus? I still got them. But I have faith in Jesus. They have faith in a past event. They have faith that God sent His own Son who came to this earth in the form of a baby, lived for 33 years, died for our sins, and was raised from the dead on the third day, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Can, do you have faith in that? That's one when a missionary shares the gospel, people have faith in that same story. Not only do you have faith, but you have love for the saints. 
One of the greatest things about going on a missions trip is I go get to get loved on by people that I've never met in my life. They look at me and they think that little short white guy has come over here because he loves us and then they love me. Some of the greatest prayers that I've ever had prayed for me are by people from around the world. I took a group when I pastored over to Kinshasa in the Democratic Republic of the Congo and we built tabernacles there. And while we were building our first tabernacle, and that pastor and that congregation came. They were meeting under a tree, and it rains, folks. It rains in the Congo. It don't just rain. It rains. And they had nothing to get under. It gets hot and hotter. And they just have three degrees, hot and real hot and really hot. Mm -hmm. And they had nothing to get out of the, of the weather. We helped build a structure over them. And I never will forget when that pastor in that church prayed for us. And the church I pastored at Mansfield, I think, still lives under the blessing today because of the prayer of those people that day that prayed that God would bless us because of our efforts. Let me tell you, when people around the world hear the gospel, they have faith in what Jesus has done. And then we all fall in love with each other. Amen. It's just a hugging time. Amen? Amen. So that's why he invested in missionaries, because they share faith, and then they share, he said, for the hope that is laid up for you in heaven. They believe in the past, what has happened. They have love for the presence, and they have hope for the future. The Buddhist and Hindu world has no hope. Right. But we have hope. And then number four, the mission of the missionary is to see spiritual growth in the converts. It says, so from the day we heard it, we have not ceased to pray for you, verse 9, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that as to walk worthy in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to the glorious might for all endurance and patience and joy. We give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share the inheritance in the saints in life as he has delivered us from the domain of the darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and forgiveness for sins. Amen. You know what happens? The mission of the missionary sees people spiritually grow. I want you to take this little booklet right here. This is the initiative that we're doing right now is trying to invade the Buddhist Hindu world. There are 8 billion people on the planet Earth. That's more folks that live in Monet and Purdue together. <laughs> Amen. 8 billion people. 2 billion of those people are either Buddhist or Hindus. Those 2 billion people have no hope. Because Hinduism and Buddhism, greatest goal is that maybe some way, somehow, I can get to nirvana 
and I can cease to exist. Their greatest desire is just to be no more. Our hope is to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. No. We know no. that we're going to put on a new temple and a new house, and our place is with the presence of the Lord forever and ever. They have no hope. They think life is a continuous cycle. You know, if you're a bad person, you come back as a bug. And if you're a good bug, maybe you'd be some kind of animal. And if you're a good animal, maybe you can go. And it's over and over and over of pain and heartache. We can go declare to them that there is hope through Jesus Christ. So that's what we do. We bring people out of the kingdom of darkness to the marvelous light. People get translated. Here's our goals. Take this page right here. It says our goals. Today in the Assemblies of God, we have, I think, foreign missionaries. Is I think, 2,400 and some foreign missionaries. Reaching out to 195 different countries, now 196 different countries in the world. We have 2 billion people that are Buddhist or Hindus. You know how many missionaries we got going to the Buddhist Hindu world? 311. We got 311 missionaries trying to reach 2 billion people. I think we need some more missionaries. Amen. Amen? Yes. In the next three years, Southern Missouri wants to raise up 10 new missionary units that reach out to the Buddhist Hindu world. Can you believe with me? Next thing we want to do, we want to raise up 50,000 people that will pray every day for the Buddhist Hindu world. Now, you see that QR code in the corner? Everybody look right there. You got a smartphone? Take a picture of that QR code. It will take you to a place called Change the Map. It will help you pray for these people every day. It will give you prayer guides. It will give you things to pray for. Please, out of the 50,000, I believe Southern Missouri ought to raise up 5,000. Would you be part of that 5,000? And then, we've got to make financial investment. Out of the Assemblies of God, we want to raise up $15 million so that when our missionaries go, we can help them with projects and, and, and we're helping with the projects. We've already invested in that. In a few minutes when we take up the offering, that offering will go to help reach the Buddhist Hindu world. I, anybody did the everyday Thai in Springfield? Anybody like Thai food? I like Thai food. Now I don't eat Thai hot. I just eat hot. Because they say Thai hot will burn your face off. Well, I don't want my face burned off. But I, I like hot stuff. I went to everyday time, and a young lady, probably 21 years old, 20, 21, began waited on me. And I and she she's the only Thai person there. So I said to her, Where are you from? And she said, Bangkok. 
So I had just been to Bangkok. Well, everybody wants to talk about where you're from. If you're all somewhere, you're from Purdy, and you run into somebody else from Purdy, you're going to talk to them about it, you know. So she said, you've been to Bangkok? I said, yeah, I just got back from Bangkok. And she looked at me and said, well, what were you doing in Bangkok? I told her this. I said I was working with our churches and pastors. She had absolutely no clue what those words meant. You say, she lives in Springfield. There's a church on every corner. It doesn't mean anything to anybody that's not looking for it and doesn't know what it means. I asked her this question. Do you know about Jesus Christ? She said, I've heard the name, but I don't know anything about him. Hmm. That's repeated two billion times around this world. I began, and a gentleman with me said, well, you need to hear about Jesus. She said, well, tell me. And he said to her, you know, I was an atheist. I didn't believe there was a God. And Jesus revealed himself. And she said, well, how did he do that? In a dream, what did he do? And about that time, the lady that was in charge of the floor said to our waitress, you've got eight other tables. <laughs> Go with them to your other tables too. But anyway, we got to witness to that young lady. A few weeks later, I went back and I prayed, oh God, help me what to do, what to say. So when they seated me, they did not seat me in her area. So I thought, well, I guess I won't get to talk to her. She came from her area, came by, and stopped at my table. And I said, do you remember me? And she looked at me. Because she sees all kinds of people all the time. I said, I'm the guy that talked to you about Jesus. Oh, I remember you. Because she had thanked us for telling me. I asked her, I said, I would like to give you a gift of a Bible in time. Would you take it? Because I'm trying to, I don't want her to think I'm an old man that's stalking her, you know. I'm just trying to tell her about Jesus. And she looked at me and said, do you have it? And at that time, I did not have a time Bible. But I got one now. And I'm going back to everyday time. And I'm going to give that lady that Bible that has never heard about Jesus. Come on. So what happens when we send missionaries? They see spiritual growth in people. They get translated out of the kingdom of darkness. Thai people live in great darkness. Every street has a shrine to Buddhas. Every home has a shrine to Buddha. Every one of them, they have invited spirits to come. Do you know those are demonic spirits that come and manifest themselves? They deal with the depths of hell every day. But by the power of the gospel, people are being translated. Amen. Out of darkness into marvelous light. That's the mission of a missionary. Okay, what we're going to do. First thing I want you to do is bow your head just for a second. I want to ask this question. There may be somebody here under the sound of my voice that if you died today, you are not sure you would go to heaven. 
you do not have a certainty in your heart. Oh, I know about God and I know all this, but I'm just not sure that things are right between me and God. If you aren't sure, but you would like to be sure, would you raise your hand high and say, Brother Stan, pray for me so that I can know when I die, I'll go to heaven. If there's anybody that don't know that, please don't leave this place without letting us pray with you. Anybody? All right, I assume everybody in the house is a Christian. You can look at me, please. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this card that I asked you to sign. And I, here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask Jesus, what do you want me to give monthly for the next 12 months? Not for eternity, but for the next 12 months. In 12 months from now, your church will have another one of these services. And we'll ask you again, what do you think God wants me to give? Come on. I don't know what that is, but everybody here, you can give something. You say, I don't have much. Well, then you don't have to give much, but you need to give something. So before you write down what that is, I want you to pray. Okay? Let's ask the Lord. Lord, Thank you. what do you want me to do? What do you want to channel through me? What do you want to have in my life? What resource will you channel through my life so that I can give? In Jesus' name. Yes. Now, how about believe that Jesus knows who you are? Got your name down? Got your address? He knows your bank account number. Your credit cards are all in his understanding. So I think he can whisper to you, this is what I want you to do monthly for the next 12 months. Each month you take up a missions offering around here, it's above your tithes, but you're going to give what God has said. Let me tell you the story and then I will quit before your pastor says amen favor. I'm standing in one of these services doing exactly what I'm doing right now. I've got this card in my hand. I'm saying, folks, pray and ask God what you would have, what God would want you to do. In this church I'm in, it's a, it's a pretty large church. They have a balcony. There's a lady sitting in the balcony, and God speaks to her. Now, I know this because she told the pastor this story. God spoke to her and said, I want you to double what you gave last year to missions. And she explained to God, God, I've just retired. I'm going to have an income 25% of what I was making. And she said, though I knew it was God, I knew it was his voice. It wasn't that guy, Stan Wells, it was up there, it was God. So she wrote down double. Monday morning, she checked her bank account. And the exact amount to the dollar had been deposited in her account. Now, am I telling you that if you write something down here, you check your account Monday, and Monday you will have the exact amount. I'm not telling you that. <laughs> but what I am telling you, you'll have your miracle in your way when you hear from God.
I don't know how it will come. But it will come when you hear. If you don't do anything, I promise you won't have any miracle and no story to tell. But if you hear God's voice and you respond, then God will make sure. If it's faith, it will happen. So here's what I want you to do. If you're giving to missions right now, you see this little box that says renew? Check that. Okay? Now, if God has said, I know you're giving, but I'd like for you to give a little more, then I want you to check new. So if you're already giving to missions, I want you to check renew and new. If you're not giving to missions on a regular basis, but God's speaking to you and you want to give, then check new. Okay? Each month, this money will come into this church. Your pastor and you all will decide where this money goes. It's all in your hands. It's not in our hands. We're not controlling it. You can use some of this money to reach Purdy with because this is a mission field too. So, And then you'll support missionaries and I believe you're going to support some more. Amen? Amen. So one other thing I want you to do. I want you to take this little part and tear it off. And then I want you to write in there the amount God has told you to give on a monthly basis. You keep this part. And I always tell humorously, I want you to put it one or two places. Either in the, your Bible, the, the cover of your Bible there, or on your refrigerator. Whichever you open the most, so mine's on the refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> And I put it there not to make me feel bad. But every time I look at it, I say, God, you told me to do this. I got to have your help. I can't do this on my own. And then God amazingly provides. And I know we're going to eat, so I won't take time to tell some other stories. I've got an amazing story. If you want to hear it, I'll tell you what we eat. But it is amazing how God made provision in my life. All right? You got this card filled out? You got this tore off? When you get it finished, everybody need a pen? Anybody need a pen? If you don't have a pen, my brother will get you one. When you get done, raise that card high. And my brother's going to pick it up. And then we are not going to read anybody's name, but we're going to just see Okay? And let me tell you something else. No one will ever come to you and say, well, you said you was going to give this. This is between you and God. We're just taking this so that we can know what we did. Brothers, if you'll bring those to me. Amen. Somebody that's, here's one right back there too. Somebody's really been wanting to get your cell phone out. Get in the shape. Somebody get your cell phone out and get your calculator out. So we're going to add them up here. You got it? All right. Here we go. And everything is wonderful. Everything is wonderful. 